Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Luke Smith, and this is the Autosport Podcast. Charles Leclerc will start the Australian Grand Prix from pole position after another tight battle between Ferrari and Red Bull at Albert Park on Saturday. On the reprofiled layout of the track, Leclerc managed to set the quickest time in qualifying, taking pole from Verstappen in the closing stages after a very, very busy day of both news on and off track. Recapping all of the action today, I'm joined by Allsport Grand Prix editor Alex Kalnorkas. Uh, Alex, we're back at the hotel. It's been a, uh, we both saying such a long, long day. It's felt like, um, yeah, the, this new weekend format, I think, is really, really quite challenging for everybody. But it is a familiar result, a familiar battle between Ferrari and Red Bull, Charles Leclerc on pole. That final lap in Q3 looked like really something special to pull out. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, our assessments of how the day went in terms of how it felt time-wise uh, were two sides of the same coin, I think. You were you saying, very, very long day. For me, it went by an absolute flash. Like, it just, it, yeah, it was a long day, but it just so much happened. Such is the way of the world uh, with Formula 1 these days. But yeah, I mean, what what an effort from Charles Leclerc. Um, stunned stunned everyone, I think. It was, it was interesting because obviously he topped FP2, but... You know, it was it was it's sort of a case of where it looked like Red Bulls didn't really get everything together. You'd say the same in FP3. Verstappen not putting his lap together, having to abort a lap that he said would have been good enough for first place in that session. So I still thought Red Bull went in with a slight edge, uh, especially throughout the session. You know, Verstappen quickest in Q1, Perez quickest in Q2. What was going to happen with the Ferrari drivers? But 
heavily disrupted session at what is such a great track. I mean, <laughs> it's just, it's really interesting to look around the whole, the whole venue at Albert Park, but what I particularly like about it is that it bites. Like it's one of those, you know, there's so much criticism about track limits and that tired, tedious debate we have all the time. Not an issue here because it, it's a venue that will bite the drivers. Um, but yeah, Leclerc absolutely nailed it. Complained about the sun getting in his eyes. Which I always think is quite amusing when the drivers uh, unexpectedly, uh, um, you know, encounter that issue here because uh, it has happened uh, before on occasion. Obviously the session did run long because there were two red flags, long delays. Uh, but yeah, hats off to, to Leclerc and well done to Ferrari as well very impressive display and yeah you're right it is great it's one of these circuits where every mistake is is punished so a number of drivers uh running wide i think particularly turn 11 was scratching quite a few drivers out obviously particularly with lance stroll in fp3 aston martin had both their their cars a crash out in that session uh then we have the incident between latifi and stroll again in uh q1 and uh, then fernando alonso in q3 with his hydraulic failure that left him going into the wall we will get on to all of that of course um Looking at the long runs from Friday, we, it's again, as I said, the, the top of the show, it's the same old story, Leclerc v Verstappen, Ferrari v Red Bull. What's the pace looking at over the long runs? How, how do you think it's going to be? And what kind of overtaking do you think we might see? Because obviously the, the format, oh, sorry, the layout of the track has been changed to give us a more exciting race. We've got these new cars, obviously. But what what kind of battle do you think we might see between Leclerc and Verstappen round three, I guess, at Albert Park? Well, exactly that. You know, hopefully they'll go wheel to wheel again and it'll be an exciting and fair fight. I think there's uh, there's something bubbling there between the two. Ooh, it's almost a bit like, it's a bit like, not like negative, horrible animosity, but I just think it's a bit like last year. You know, there can only come a point where they, they, there isn't contact. Yeah. But I don't think that'll happen necessarily tomorrow. Although potentially there is much more pressure on Max Verstappen now. And it's not just because he's starting second. It's because that one of the four DRS zones is gone. And we know that um, apparently it was a 5-5 split between the teams when it was put to them. You know, what do you think of the DRS zone? Some of them were said, you know, we've got to get rid of it. Others were like, no, you need to keep it. And it all sort of depended on how their cars were performing with the porpoising when the DRS was open and things like that. Red Bull adamant that it wanted to stay. I think Ferrari um, quite pleased that it's gone, uh, but that is going to have a key impact because even with the four, the team suggesting overtaking is still going to be really, really difficult. Should be easier, particularly at turn one and turn three. Speaking to uh, a team member after qualifying at one of the squads, um, they were saying that you know with these new cars, the, 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 the drivers will be able to follow closer through nine and ten. You know the the, 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 the two fast kinks in the second sector, um, but. So they will be able to get close into turn 11. It's just they would have been even closer with that DRS zone. So the likelihood is, potentially, it's just advantage uh, Leclerc if he can get away in the lead uh, from pole position in terms of um, winning the race. However, having said that, as you said, the race pace on Friday, Verstappen was was quicker, although only by a tenth. And that is, in terms of an average, over a okay, fairly short stint length because there was a red flag. Uh, again, it was a, a stroll red flag because a, a bit came off his Aston Martin yesterday. Um, very, very close. The only caveat with that is that those times are even more unreliable than normal because of the red flag and because of the tyre warm-up issue. There were plenty of drivers uh, that weren't hitting their best laps until four or five into a stint, which you'd normally not expect because the tyres would be going off. So very, very hard to to read those as as gospel, if, as it were. But I, 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 I don't doubt that what that similar stories to how it happened in Bahrain and Jeddah will play out in that I don't think Leclerc will be able to scamper clear of Verstappen who's got superior top speed in a less draggy car, and that'll keep him in the fight. So it's going to be, I, I would predict it will be a, a close and tense battle, but at least that's an interesting one. 
One other element that I guess will come into that lead fight is the fact that Leclerc is without a, a rear gunner. He's without his teammate Carlos Sainz Jr., who has been quick throughout this weekend and he did appear to be well in the fight for pole, but then had a bit of a disaster in Q3. He got, got pretty unlucky. What happens with Sainz that means he'll start tomorrow's race from ninth place on the grid? I bet Carlos Sainz Jr. would be absolutely furious to be referred to as Leclerc's rear gunner. Sorry, only, Carlos. Only, <laughs> no, purely because that's the sort of competitive uh, spirit he is. But yeah, really not had, uh, not had, didn't have any luck in Q3. First of all, Fernando Alonso, Luke, as you mentioned, crashing, uh, brought out the red flags. Now, Leclerc was lucky in that situation and that he... Alonso had crashed before he set his first time in Q3, which happened to be the then fastest time. He got across the line five, ten seconds ahead of Sainz, who was on the grid hatchings, about to finish what would have been a competitive banker lap. Uh, and the red flags came out, the, the, you know, the, the red lights came on, that, that, that lap didn't count. And then when it came to the crucial moments at the end of Q3, once Alonso's crash had been cleared up, basically what was happening was you saw the Mercedes cars and Sergio Perez go out for a sort of contra different because essentially this is all a lot of what you saw today in qualifying all came down to tire warm-up which teams could do it best which drivers were 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 happy with various run plans there were splits between teammates for example max verstappen didn't do what sergio perez did which like two mercedes drivers was go out build up slowly to one bank a lap back off build up again and do and end up doing three runs in q3 as opposed to two leclerc didn't do that he he like verstappen just did uh, the one run at the start before alonso's crash then the one uh, again at the end but it was two warm-up laps and science would have done a similar thing however he got held in the ferrari garage because the car wouldn't start as expected or there was some problem with the with the starting system so he was delayed in the garage for a little while and that just meant he didn't have the chance to prepare his tires as needed to because these c5 soft tires are, are really really tricky and with the sort of cooler temperatures the reworked smoother track surface that it's just very, very, very challenging to be able to get them into the right operating window. Uh, that cost science purely because he just had to push on. He said he, you know, he nearly crashed several times. He was, you know, lacking grip, uh, and therefore that's ultimately, ultimately does him. Unfortunately, he's down in P nine, which is not where that Ferrari should be, but not really science's fault. No, definitely a fight back needed from Science going into tomorrow's race. Uh, it's worth noting with the clerk as well, he did have a post-qualifying investigation about whether he uh, returned to the pits too slowly, uh, didn't meet the uh, the time required during Q1, uh, but the stewards quickly cleared him, said that he um, yeah had done the right thing. Essentially, there was so much traffic, he tried getting out of the way. That meant his lap was too slow, basically technically broke the rules but he did the right thing so it wasn't causing any issues so uh yeah no further action against the clerk there uh we've mentioned him a couple of times so let's get on to fernando alonso l plan in almost full swing it seemed like for him and alpine alonso has been pretty quick throughout this weekend and uh yeah then we saw in i, I think in q1 and q2 he's ranking very very highly up the order going into q3 we saw fernando alonso he was lighting up the time sheets very competitive in sector one a purple sector two and then ended in the wall, that hydraulic issue that he quickly reported over the radio. I spoke to him in the media pen after qualifying, and he reckons he could have been in the fight for pole. He said that second or third was guaranteed. Uh, he said it was unbelievable, and he said, we've had so much bad luck on my car this year, da-da-da. Uh, said, but it's the, the best I've felt in years in terms of what I'm getting out of the car, so that was a positive spin on it. But yeah, he was, he was pretty adamant he would have been in that lead fight. Do you believe that? Absolutely not. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Fernando. I think uh, I think fourth place is, could have easily been achievable. The higher speed nature of this track, particularly compared to somewhere like Bahrain, for example, is meaning that the cars that favour those types of corners, the Alpine, the McLaren, are much more in the fight at the front of the midfield. Hence why Lando Norris, who himself did do a brilliant lap, ends up fourth place. I think Alonso probably should have been there. But no, I mean, yes, very, very fast in the middle sector because that DRS zone removed, cars that don't porpoise, 
for example, the Alpine, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna gain. So the Alpine was very very quick there, but there was no way he was matching the Ferrari in sector one or sector three. Even the Red Bull, um, you know, it not it's lacking the the downforce level overall of the Ferrari because it's a you know a quicker car in with less drag. But yeah, no way Alonso would have uh, would have touched the top uh, the top three positions. I think. You reckon fourth might have been possible for Alonso? Let's get to the man who did qualify fourth, and that's Lando Norris. And McLaren, I think, making a big, big step forward this weekend compared to where they've uh, been lately. But after qualifying, yeah, Daniel Ricciardo actually seemed more upbeat than Norris. Ricciardo in seventh, and he, he sort of joked as they were sat side by side in the media session that, uh, oh, like, well, I'm just more positive. Like, I'm, uh, Lando's quite sad. Um, and he meant it, obviously, very jokingly. But Norris basically explained that he doesn't really believe that step forward by McLaren is all down to like unlocking anything from the car. He said he thinks it's very track specific. Said it was sort of 70, 30, 80, 20 balanced in terms of how much it's dependent on the track. But Andreas Seidel, he said he was pretty confident that it sounds three things, which is yes, the track, but also the small upgrades they bought to the car for this race and also just making up for lost time in testing because that's really put them on the back foot for the, for the past uh, couple of weeks. So uh, yeah, a good result for McLaren definitely with with Norris in fourth. And behind Norris are the two Mercedes drivers, Lewis Hamilton and George Russell. Mercedes, I mean, <laughs> looking at where they are at the moment, that kind of seems about standard and you could argue that they're lucky to maybe even be that high up because yeah, if you factor in Sainz and Alonso, that could easily be seventh and eighth on the grid. So for Mercedes right now, is it is it really just that damage limitation? And as long as this porpoising issue continues, are they kind of just, yeah, grabbing what points they can get? Yeah, well, that's what George Russell was saying uh, on Friday morning, you know, in, in the press conference, it was sort of, we've got to make uh, the best of it. And um, and yeah, they, they did that, but did rely on uh, a couple of faster cars not being ahead of them. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Now, there were two red flags through qualifying. I mean, it was quite a, a long extended session. It was, uh, yeah, quite late by the time it finished. One of the uh, FIA officials even came over and said, oh, sunsets in only 40 minutes as they were sort of finishing up. So uh, a few, a few uh, not concerns there, but it was something to be mindful of. And the first of those red flags, it was quite a big incident between Nicholas Latifi and Lance Stroll. A bad day for the sons of Canadian billionaires, if that is a, a sensible sentence. I'm not sure you can have a bad day if you're the no, son of No, no, no. Maybe, maybe Every day better be a good yeah, day, an inadequate really? day. I don't know, but um, yeah, a, a bit of a setback there. Um, basically, they collided on the run down to turn six. Both of them were on warm up laps, and there was a bit of sort of cat and mouse in terms of who wanted to to go ahead. Latifi was trying to repass Stroll uh, on the inside on the run, that run. Stroll moves his car across to the right. The two collided. Uh, sent Latifi. Yeah, it was quite a, seemed like quite a big impact with the rear of his Williams. Uh, the stewards deemed that Stroll was predominantly at fault. He, they've given him a three place grid penalty, but given that he qualified last anyway, that's going to have no material impact. Alex, what was your take on that? Was it pretty cut and dry as to uh, who was to blame? Well, I think uh, I think the stewards have got this one right. I mean, on, on first reading, you just thought, what on earth? What, what on earth have you done there, Lance? It, you know, it looks you're slightly more sympathetic towards him when, you know, you watched the replays and you saw there was the alpha coming. Was he thinking, oh, I've got to get out of the way of that car? 
But then you're like, well, you've just passed Latifi. Where did, where did you think he was going to be? Because as the stewards say in their document, Stroll didn't appear to accelerate having gone by him. It was really weird. Latifi was crawling by, letting the Aston pass. And then Stroll himself almost slowed down getting alongside him. It was a really strange thing to do. And then, yeah, genuinely just seemed to, to lose track of where Latifi was. Latifi makes the right call. Right, there's an alpha coming quickly. There's a guy in front of me going nowhere. I've got to get by him. And he does. Stroll turns into him and causes a tremendous amount of damage to both cars. Bearing in mind, Stroll also crashed in FP3. So did Sebastian Vettel and the other Aston. So a very, very costly and difficult day for Aston Martin. Did a tremendous job getting both of those cars repaired after FP3. Having said that, the Vettel car was only uh, only uh, repaired and able to take part in Q1 because of Stroll's crash of Latifi. So a very difficult day for the team. And then to, to, uh, cap, it all up, uh, to cap it all off, <coughs> To cap it all off, Sebastian Vettel uh, then got fined for speeding in the pit lane. Uh, it's slightly unclear whether it was as he left the garage and booted it going down the pit lane, or whether I strongly suspect it's as he returned to the pits, he just misjudged uh, the uh, you know the the the, the speed line. Uh, but yeah, costly day for Aston. Very costly day again for Vettel and Aston Martin. Obviously, he copped a five grand fine on Friday for riding the scooter on track. I asked him about that after qualifying, and he said it was a joke. And he was like, "What do you think?" And I said, "Well, it, yeah, it was fun for the fans and everything, and no, no massive harm done." And he said, "Well, I also want to know where that money goes." He said because like we've not heard about what happened to the fifty grand uh, for the uh, Verstappen touching Hamilton's rear wing in Brazil last year. What, what was your take on Scootergate? Very amusing to see, but actually not very funny at all i think the fia have, have done the right thing by clamping down on him because he what he, you, you cannot know what else is on the track and especially if he's going really slowly on a scooter if the safety car or medical car is coming around at speed on a blind corner say somewhere like Jeddah, that's going to be really 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 serious and as we're going to come on to talk about it does appear as if the new fia race directors okay there's only been one so far neil's footage they are clamping down on certain standards in formula one which i can only say is a good thing but yeah i appreciate it's the it's the no fun police from the fia <laughs> but in this case i think absolutely fair enough you know there are access roads that it still would have been just as amusing to see him driving the scooter on himself personally but there we go let's get sorry on to, to just very quickly sorry to once again live so relentlessly in the real world but there we go yes it does seem that the fia are getting a bit more finicky picky uh strict even about things and we had the event note on thursday that said that jewelry reminding drivers that jewelry is prohibited to be worn when in the car and uh, it was kind of laughed off in the press conference uh, lewis saying to max oh you've got a nipple ring and that somehow spawned uh, many a uh, fleet street headline and uh, paper article i don't really understand that to be honest with you but good for them um and it was uh, then we went into today and obviously there was such a long driver's briefing last night we uh, actually were sort of not we didn't witness it obviously obviously, but they held the briefing in the press conference room, which is adjoined to the media centre. So we could basically see the drivers come in and they hadn't left by the time that the, um, I'd left the track. Obviously, you were there later doing your uh, long run analysis and it was a good two hours they were in there. And it turned out they were talking about pants and underwear and basically a clampdown from the FIA in terms of what underwear the drivers are wearing. Could you explain that a little bit? And again, is this a case of, are they going a little bit too far with it? Or is there actually very legitimate grounds for uh, policing this? Right. Well, this actually bizarrely happens to be one of my area of expertise. It does, yes. Because I'm particularly <laughs> obsessed with racing drivers' underwear. But uh, because I used to cover Formula E, where this was a regular sort of the same thing, a joke topic, but also a not very, not very, uh, quite a serious topic at the same time. Um, yeah, it was uh, in Uruguay, Ponce de Leicester in 2018. That's my first uh, race as 
Uh, yeah, my first race is also sports Formula E correspondent. Lucas Dragassi finished second, copped a 20 grand fine for wearing non-compliant fireproof underwear. In that case, the problem was what he was wearing was the Nomex suit was only coming down to just above his knees. So if he'd had a crash, there'd been a fire, he wouldn't have had the full protection on the bottom of his legs. And what's really interesting is Niels Vittich has served as assistant Formula E race director. He knows this sort of thing very well. There was other instances of drivers um, wearing non-compliant um, underwear, clothing in the car at the later round, the Tachita drivers, Lotter and Vern, uh, New York a few months later. So it is something that they're aware of. The key thing I was told uh, from a source in the paddock is basically with all of that in mind on his previous experience, he's also he was also the race director for Formula 3, the old European championship, what I consider to be proper, proper Formula 3. Mark exactly. and Simmons will be very proud of you for saying well, that. I mean, it is. Maybe that just was Formula 3. What is currently Formula 3 is just GP3 rebadged and it's far, far poorer uh, as a result. Um, but <laughs> Sorry, Bruno, Michelle. But anyway, um, yes, with, uh, with that, Vittich is, is fully aware that this is the sort of thing that young drivers just just do. They, they, they are told you can't wear this stuff. And, it, and, and they just get used to it. Then they, the, the concern that he, and the, oh, well, I assume he, but particularly the FIA at the moment have, is that they'll be looking to the top level in motorsport, Formula One, and the drivers are not doing this. And therefore it creates a problem down the ladder. But again, it's just, it's, 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 it's the same as the scooter thing. This is not a new rule. It's always been there. And yet there seems to be, you know, standards are not being adhered to and they're clamping down on it. And I think fair enough, fair play. I know it sounds silly, and I, I do appreciate that, but these things have to be done. And it's weird that in Formula One, which is all about the rules, these things are, you know, are not being complied with. It's really, really strange. And for, for anybody, <coughs> for anybody uh, listening and thinking this is just about like Lewis Hamilton's earrings or his nose studs or things like that, it's not. It's actually, you know, I saw a picture of Vettel with a ring on his finger while he was wearing his race suit, like a black a black ring, you know. Uh, and there are other drivers that have wore um, rings in the car or little, you know, bracelets or other bits of jewellery, things like that. Watches, even, we're told, have been worn in the car. If there's a fire like Roman Grosjean had in Bahrain and that and the driver's able to get out, but a piece of metal really badly burns them, that's an extra injury that they didn't need. Or, or for example, they're trying to push themselves out, but they lack the strength because something is searing into their wrists and they're trapped and they die then it's incredibly serious. And the FAA would rightly be asked, why didn't you stop that? And I think that's their whole point is that, look, just stop it now before it gets really, really serious. And yet we can all have a laugh about the underwear thing because that is always amusing, let's face it. But I think the right thing is being done in this instance. It's interesting you say about the young drivers coming through because I put that to um, Guan Yu Zhou and asked him. And he said that uh, to him, it was nothing. He's like, I've been doing that since Formula 4. Like, I know it right the way through the ladder. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo, he was very sort of pragmatic about as about it as well he said look if they tell us don't wear a ring in the car i won't wear a ring some other drivers were a little more yeah a little more irked by it um yeah lewis hamilton he said that in the um in the driver's briefing he said that he found it a bit uncomfortable he said a lot of the fia staff in there weren't wearing masks and he sort of highlighted that as being an issue he said that yeah is it really something we need to be talking about like what what the underwear is pierre gasly was probably the most uh most outspoken i'm not sure we can actually say really what he what he actually said but he uh yeah put it this way he said he wouldn't be ashamed to show anything to them if, if, if they wanted right. to uh see anything but he not, um, not very modest then, no, no, no 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 but he was uh, yeah, he said, he said a word in, um, uh, I believe, in French or Italian, and he turned to his PR. I said, I don't know that in English. She was like, eh, you wouldn't be ashamed. And I was like, okay, good, good for you, Pierre, good for you. But um, yeah, but as you say, there are sort of very legitimate and serious reasons behind it. Yeah, we think of Grosjean's accident and what 
consequences there could have been and yeah basically we need to always put safety above absolutely everything and that's really what it does come back down to but uh yeah nevertheless one of the uh, more bizarre tales in formula one at the moment so that is it for our saturday podcast alex thank you very much for joining me and yeah we are all ready for the australian grand prix finally after three years the australian grand prix alex how excited are you obviously we're, i mean we know 2020 we got here it was our first grand prix together working on site for autosport and then it all got cancelled it all went all went badly um when we're still on that grid tomorrow before lights out that's gonna be pretty special isn't it oh definitely i think uh, yeah i'm still not counting uh, counting anything out until the actual lights uh, start and the racing starts just because it was so painful and uh, mainly because you know there were g- genuine questions about the future of of so many things when uh, when covid really got really really bad so yeah Really looking forward to the race tomorrow. Hope it's a good one. And uh, yeah, I hope it's an interesting one. That's all I ever hope for. That is it for today's podcast. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with our full race review uh, with Martin uh, AVL. Our Australian colleague is also going to be appearing on there as well. And uh, yeah, obviously we'll be having all of the news and reports and analysis from tomorrow's Australian Grand Prix over on autosport.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun. So winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino. Is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you soon. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I love the playoffs. Anything can happen. But the best part? It's like bonus football. And bonus football means betting bonuses with Gambit DC. For a limited time, you can get boosted deposits by 57% up to $1,000 on the Gambit DC app and up to a 57% multi-sport parlay boost at Gambit DC retail locations. It's the most exciting time to be a fan. So make your play and get the home field advantage with Gambit DC. Limited time offer, terms and conditions apply. Please bet responsibly. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.